What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of Just Grow It. I'm your host, Big City Gardener, and today we have tapped in with Jeremy McGinty. Uh, he is with the company called Homegrown Buck. So let's get it, man. Would you mind introducing yourself for everybody? Yeah, like you said, I'm Jeremy McGinty. Actually, Homegrown Buck is my Instagram name. Homegrown and Delivery is the company I started about a year ago now, a year and a half ago. Oh, Homegrown and Delivery. What is? Tell me about that. Yes, sir. So uh, what I do, man, is um, got a garden in the backyard, got uh, five or six raised beds, got two or three at my mom's, got one at my aunt. And what I do, man, when it's time to harvest, throw it up on my website and people can order from there. Kind of got like the Amazon feel to it, you know what I mean? But but with the produce. What produce I don't grow or I don't have at that time, I reach out to local gardeners around the area and then buy it from them, you know what I'm saying? Throw it on the website and get it out to the public. Trying to get everybody uh, encouraged to garden and make a little bit of money on the side all while eating healthy, eating natural. So how did you come up with this idea? Start gardening, man, 2008, 2009. And everybody from the neighborhood, they'll be hitting me up. Hey, let me get, you know, let me get some greens or you got a couple of carrots. And so I was just giving them away at the time. Out in Buckeye, Arizona, you know, we wanted the, we top like top five, I think, fastest growing cities. And we've been for the last five or six years while well, I moved into a new development. I moved from South Buckeye up into a new development and all my neighbors start coming by. I'm like, man, this is getting kind of demanding. <laughs> Let me see what I can do about this. So, you know, my next door neighbor is actually the one that introduced me to it. Every time she'll come over, she'll leave a little $2, $3 tip, you know what I mean, for some greens, some okra, so whatever. And uh, mess around and put a big order in one day. I'm like, hey, I don't got all that. She's like, well, let me know if you can get it. Real talk, man. I hopped in the shower that night and I was like, man, let me turn this into a full-grown business. And and from there, man, it just kind of shot up. Okay. So you said you started gardening in in around 08, man. What got you started? You know, what motivated you to start gardening? My grandparents. See, my grandma always guard. You know, you know, that that older, the grandmother's grandfather generation, man, they, they tapped into their roots, tapped into their ancestors, and they've been gardening since forever, right? So in her backyard, she always had a garden. We never looked at having to put the work in, you know, till the soil or not. We was just eating off of it. Okra, grapes, tomatoes, oranges, whatever we needed. When we was back there, we was eating. And I moved into my first house, and on the side of it, it was a big, empty area. So, you know, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Back then, dug some holes and threw some seeds down and watered it every day and it started sprouting man and and actually one one time i i pulled up my tomatoes man out there weed in the yard it looked like a bunch of weeds because i <laughs> threw tomato seeds out wild and end up pulling them up i'm like man why did my tomatoes come up this year and sure enough but yeah so like i said moved into my new development man and i got a three raised beds eight by eight by fours and then i got a, a long three by 28 foot garden back there and that's that, when you check out my instagram that's where most of the pictures come from is that that big long garden okay so you say you're in arizona what is it like gardening in arizona what zone is that 9b okay okay i believe 9b yeah i mean anybody here uh think about arizona is heat so i could grow 
pretty much my summer crops, we can grow just about year round. This was a weird year. 2020 was weird when we hit that cold spike where we got like 32, 28 degrees. That never happens out here. So, you know, tomatoes kind of froze over. My summer squash froze. Other than that, the most challenging thing is uh, our summers, man. That 115, 120 dry, all dry, no moisture in the air. That's where a lot of people fail on their crops, man. You got to keep that stuff moist. And then knowing when to water and how much to water, that's our biggest challenge. But overall, man, it's, it's cake gardening out here because just, and I've never gardened in another zone, but just, you know, tapping in with the people on Instagram, I see they go through struggles. And y'all out there in Texas, y'all had like snow. And I was like, I didn't even know. I'm like, it's snow out there like that. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm seeing four foot of snow. I'm like, no way. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was one of those once in a century storms that came through, man. It was intense. It killed all of the citrus trees in my yard, man. I had about, I think I had eight or nine citrus trees that ended up dying. Yeah, that is nuts, man. And and we the opposite out here. So we don't, you know, we don't get cold at all. So when it hit that 28, I believe 32 is when everybody kind of started panicking. <laughs> but when it hit the 32 degrees out here, I'm like, let me go back there and start covering. You know, I ended up pulling blankets out of the closet. Uh-huh. Those are stuff we don't ever have to do. Yeah, man. So what part of Arizona are you in? I got a good friend who lives in Phoenix, man, and I used to go back and forth and hang out there in Phoenix. Yeah, so I'm in Buckeye. I'm about uh, 30 miles or so west of Phoenix. Okay. I'm 20 minutes away of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, about 30 miles west of Phoenix. What used to be one of the smallest towns, we, we hit our city. We got our city name, and I believe 12 or 13. So it's now the city of Buckeye. When I was growing up, it was the town of Buckeye. 6,000 people or something like that back then. <laughs> and now we're pushing 100,000 in, in less than 10 years. 6,000 people, man. There's probably high yeah. schools in Houston with 6,000 people in it, man. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? Yeah, we had one. I think two stoplights. I remember when we got our Sonic, man. The whole the whole town went crazy when we first got a Sonic. Okay. All right. So what do you think some of your best sellers are on homegrown? Pretty much all the greens. The lettuce, romaine. I grow a lot of romaine and uh, butter crunch. Uh, those are probably the highest sellers. Everybody, um, everybody went through a scary patch with lettuce when it got recalled. I don't know, about six, eight months ago, a bunch of lettuce got recalled out here. And everybody, you know, everybody completely panicked. But for the most part, green. The collards, the kales, the mustards, those go like those go like crazy, especially around the holidays. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I love the idea, man, of basically what you do. The fact that you're able to just grow this produce, source the own pro source extra produce and then sell it. Like uh you're basically your own farmer's market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just honestly just start tapping into the so like I said, we're you know, a fairly new city, so we don't have farmers markets and, and none of that. So it's literally just me out here and I'm trying to encourage. So I'm 35, you know what I mean? I'm trying to encourage my generation. Let's start doing this, man. Let's start growing our own food, but people ain't having it. The, the whole gardener farmer look ain't, you know, it wasn't a cool thing. And I actually heard <laughs> a guy on your show, I forget his name, but he's like, yeah, I'm trying to make gardening look cool, you know what I mean? And Oh, that was my man, Jeremy Peaches, man. Yeah. It started to take, because I'm starting to see a lot more people my age and my generation gardening and growing their own, but 
the pandemic, I think I'm more than sure, you know, the pandemic kicked it all off where everybody's stuck at home and you can't go out to the stores and everybody's panicking. And then my sales went all the way up. And so I started putting it out there like, hey, you know, come buy these greens from me and I'm gonna give you a couple of whatever, a couple of squash seeds here, plant these. And some people was like, nah, you know, I'd rather buy from you. But for the most part, people was like, yeah, cool. I don't know whatever happened with them. They ever planted it or not. But I mean, we should have never been in that position in the first place if everybody started growing their own stuff. Yeah, man, I agree. So we're the same age, man. And, and like you, I am trying to make gardening as cool, as accessible to everyone. Because I think, right. you know, man, I think the world's just a better place the more gardens that we have, the more people we have gardening. Yes, yeah, sir. That's a fact. Have you noticed, um, I know you just said with the pandemic, there were a lot more people interested in gardening. But prior to the pandemic, would you say that you had a lot of interest in what you were doing? Nah, the, the short answer is no. Not a lot of interest. I had a lot of interest in, buy, in buying the produce. And it kind of blew my mind the way it blew up. People, they would rather buy it than plot out a three-by-three three section or a four-by-four four section and, and grow their own food. But it was a lot of interest in buying my produce. Nobody was really hearing me on the side of, hey, let's build these garden beds. And mm-hmm. and, and I even you know proposed it to them like, uh, I just built this guy's uh, garden bed a couple weeks ago. And I said, hey, if you have, you know, an abundance of whatever, let me know. I'll throw it on my website. You can make a little bit of change on the side. And I was presenting it like that. And people really wasn't, they wasn't having too much. Yeah, I think, I hope that this pandemic opens up a bunch of people's eyes. And when you propose something like that to the next person, they should be quick to hop on that. Right, right. In everybody's eyes, it's a, it's just a whole lot of work all the time. I'm like, getting it started is the most work, you know what I mean? Once them plants get mature and, and get strong enough, it's easy after that. Throw some shade over it, throw some water on it and fertilize. And But people, I mean, in their mind, it's just a whole lot of work because they got that, that old image in their head, you know, when our grandparents out there with the hoe or the shovel and they out there for 15 hours a day beating and, <laughs> and making a garden. And I was like, nah, I didn't even, it ain't even all like that, man. Hey, so how do you deal with the 115 degree temperatures out there? What are some tricks that you use to be able to keep growing through that heat? Yeah, 50% shade cloth, man. That That is the lifesaver, you know what I mean? But the biggest thing I learned, uh, so, so let me take it back to 2018, 17 or 18, through okra out there. Okra survived a million degrees, full sun, a little bit of water, okra's going, right? Threw some okra back there, and okra's thriving like crazy. I'm like, oh, man, so every single plant I throw back there going to do the same thing. <laughs> Mess around, threw some tomatoes, threw some squash. I had some dill back there, man. I was like, I came home from work one day and I think it hit like 113, 112, 113. Mm-hmm. I came, my stuff was just slumped over, just dying, exhausted. You know, that's why I beat them up. So, end up tapping in with this. We got a, a worm farm out here, Arizona worm farm. Tapped in with them, got a little tips from them, and that 50% shade cloth. And I water early, early morning when I get up, you know what I mean? Uh, 4 5 o'clock in the morning, I water, and then every three days, I deep water. And that was it. Once I threw that shade cloth, up there and got my watering got my watering habits down right man that was it everything thrived hey you say deep watering how long are you watering during a deep watering so 
I try to do about 20 minutes or so and slow, 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 slow. I got a watering system, but I deep water with my water hose. And I try to do 15 to 20 minutes each plant. And when I say deep water, man, I mean deep, deep water. Just in case we get that 120 day, 120 degree day, and I don't water enough in the morning, I want to make sure that my plants got enough, you know, got enough moisture, got enough water to drink throughout that day because I find well, it'll dry them out like just like that out here. Yeah, man. And I thought Texas was bad, but you're talking about 115, 120. And dry. At least we have some humidity. Yeah, at least we have a little bit of humidity. Yeah, it dry. It dry everything out, and that's the problem. Um, So my tomatoes, I actually did some uh, beefsteak tomatoes last year and went up north. So everybody in southern Arizona, we go up north in the summer, and it's a lot, you know, 40, 30 degrees cooler. So went up north on vacation, took the family and my watering system. I don't know what happened. And it didn't, my timer was off or my timer broke or hose was clogged or something. And it, they didn't get no water, man. And uh, with that 50% shade clock, and I was up there four or five days and got back and my tomatoes was right on that edge of, hey, you know, I need some water right now or I ain't going to make it. So, you know, we did our thing and they ended up surviving. They ended up surviving, which was a good thing. Everything else died, so. That shade cloth is a lifesaver. And you say you got that tip from a worm farm. Do you use a lot of worm castings in your garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I use a lot of worm casting and worms, actually. we get You can get live worms out there. And so what this worm farm actually does is they fill the soil with the worm casting in it. Since I, I you know, know a little bit about soil and, and like I know when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. I follow, uh, you, I believe you follow uh, Marco too, right? Marco is the man. Man, man, I know <laughs> I know he like this dude again. I'm always in this DM, like, yo, my soil did this, what do I do? <laughs> hey, these microbes did that. I know you uh, I'm probably annoying. So. But anyway, yeah, go out to the worm, I'll go out to the worm farm and I just get the worms. You can buy the worms and you can buy the casting or they have special um, events where you take a five gallon bucket and you fill up, fill up your bucket with, with whatever you need. But yeah, my garden is full of worms and full of the casting, man. and make the teas out of it and everything. I, I'm also in Marco's DMs all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm asking him a hundred questions. Yeah, man. So I feel the same way. He gets annoyed with me also. You said you make worm teas. When you are brewing the worm teas, are you using an aerated way or a non-aerated way to brew these teas? Aerated. So I actually take a five-gallon bucket, throw some holes in the top of it. And so our water's so hard. And, and out here in Arizona, we have like, uh, man, calcium filled. Our top water is calcium, calcium filled. So go up and get the spring water or hopefully we get a little bit of rain. And I stick a, like the uh, fish tank air pump. Yeah. Stick that in there and let that go for for 24, 48 hours, depending on uh, what's going on. And man, it comes out. And and you can just see the life in the plants after that. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I say that uh, anytime I feed things with, with worm castings, worm tea, any kind of compost tea, the leaves always point up like they're praying. Man, we say they got the praying hands going on. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, man. What's up, world? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, then you should head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Big City Gardener YouTube channel. I'm going to have videos to go along with a lot of these podcasts. And besides that, over there, I give you a bunch of information to help you just grow it and even to help you just grow it better. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so, so again, with your website, Homegrown Delivery, 
right? Are you able to introduce people to new vegetable varieties or new fruit varieties? Are you doing that? Are you planning on doing that? Yeah, so that's actually what I'm doing right now. So the the one that got me was uh, beets, right? So, you know, growing up in the low-income community we grew up in, beets was like not a thing at all. And I never grew them, never even had plans on growing them. Um, but with the website, I can say, you know, Facebook and Instagram is a crazy free promotion. Start posting that on there. People start hitting me up. Well, people outside, you know, um, so we got an area out here it's called Scottsdale on Scottsdale. Arizona. That's the uh, middle to upper class and, and mainly upper class. Well, they eating stuff that we as black people are in the low income community, man. We used to the corn, the carrots, the greens, the lettuce. They they own like a kale, radish, beet. <laughs> they own a whole different something I never even thought about, right? Right. So, so what I did is I hit up, you know, all the local farmers, gardeners that I know. Hey, y'all growing beets? What's going on? And mess around and came across this lady that's growing beets. And, and it blew my mind. I, I had I never even tasted a beet, honestly. And it blew my mind just the earthy taste that it got. And, and we messed around and started juicing. Juicing that, juicing the beets, and man, that that was it. That was gold for my household. My kids said, "Yeah, man, beets." But yeah, that, that is the plan is to, uh, and I want to, I want to kind of venture outside of the tomatoes, squash, watermelon, okra, and I want to start growing what all my people call it. Like I'm growing exotic, you know, exotic vegetables. But that's my that's my main goal to get up there and start growing the stuff that we out here in Arizona don't ever hear of or see. Okay, hey, so the area, the town that is now a city that you grew up in it was predominantly black no the opposite so it was like three percent black so about the mid 90s or so uh, maybe early 90s it was it was all white and then the black people lived in one section with which is just about with every city every town we lived on the south side you know what i mean okay and that was pretty much it actually where my house is right now it used to be all cotton fields that's what um, buckeye is known for is this cotton and we had miles and miles of cotton fields about three percent black when i was growing up if that and then now it's i don't know about 15 14 15 percent black and then hispanic and then the majority is white okay but the thing about it is our low income over half of the city is considered low income so that community is still the community i moved from i grew up in that that still i mean just full black and brown people and then low-income white people and and sadly that's where you know the diabetes uh, diabetes is that's where all the the illnesses are and that's what i'm in that's what i'm planning on changing man get everybody eating healthy in some kind of way so how do we get more people to eat healthy and pay more attention to you know just their food in general honestly i think social media so like i'm on your i follow your page religiously bro Real talk, I'd be showing my wife like, hey, we about to try this or we about to do this, everything you're doing. So I think social media is what it is. So our generation and then the generation behind us, that's what it is. They're glued to their phone 100% of of the time. So my angle is making gardening look cool. That's all it takes is one or two people to, you know, make it look cool. If if I knew a famous rapper, I'd be like, bro, let's take this picture you hold up. You know, I mean, you hold up this plant and you got to make it look cool for the kids and then... And it'll take off right then there because our, our grandparents, like I said, man, they didn't care how they looked, but they was out there tilling and weeding and they was out there doing it. And, and we lost we lost focus somewhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, every city, every neighborhood got these food deserts 
second. And then that's where we at. Diabetes, heart conditions, and that, I mean, that's led up to where we at right now. So do you also think that making making gardening cool will address the food desert issue? Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand. And this is my thought process anyway. You know, I get 10 or so of my boys. They start gardening, get their kids out there. I think our generation might be a little behind the game. But then, you know, my kids' generation, they're going to be on point with it already. So they already going to have their garden from the time they move out of, you know, move out of my house, stay on house, that gardening or that presence is going to follow them. And, and hopefully it gets rid of or at least minimizes the food desert. What I don't want and what I have been seeing is we move out of the hood and we don't ever, sh- you know, show love or because I'm down there on a weekly basis, man. I'm giving out, giving produce to my mom, my aunt. They sharing it with the kids and, and this and that, you know what I mean? What, whatever I grow or because I do food boxes and whatever, whatever don't make it into the food box, man. I go down there and, and try to pass it out. And, and just the downside of it, man, is the vegetables is not a thing that kids look at, you know, they don't enjoy eating vegetables, but I let them know, man, this is the healthiest for you when you want to, you, you talk about playing sports, you know, right. nine, 10 years old, start eating these greens, start eating this kale, man. Start drinking this kale juice. We'll see what it do to you. Hey, so what kind of produce or what does a, a normal box from you, what what's in it? I try to switch it up every other other week so we got kale we got carrots we got beefsteak tomatoes we got yellow pear tomatoes greens onions uh, radish i got a bunch of stuff in there and i just kind of try to switch it up every week depending on what the harvest looks like brussels sprouts that one shocked me actually i hooked up with this lady that that grew brussels sprouts um celery it's a bunch of stuff that i try to try to kind of mix up in there so when you say you hook up with these people where are you finding these other local are they local growers also yeah yeah so my neighboring cities are it goes uh buckeye avondale and then phoenix so uh honestly man instagram or linkedin i follow a bunch of gardening pages on facebook but it's mainly through instagram and linkedin and and you know they'll snap a picture of they whatever whatever they grow like the lady with the brussels sprouts snap a picture of the brussels sprouts i was like how many of those you got you got you know if you got an abundance i would love and she said her kids don't even like them i was like i was glad take that off your hands no no problem and that was a you know a quick exchange and, and she actually um she actually showed me a lot of love because all she wanted was seeds for the spring you know what i mean and i'm like oh i got a i got a ton of seeds here i'll hook you up so I gave her a bunch of seed man i gave her seeds from that i've had for a year so i'm like let me know if, if they don't you know if they don't if you can't get them to germinate right and, and i end up giving her um three of my beefsteak tomato plants and and she just loaded me up with Brussels sprouts. Okay. How many different farmers, gardeners are you working with? Uh, right now, six. And then I hooked up with this this local farm out here about 10 miles away from my house. I, I didn't even know existed, but they ended up reaching out to me. And I just linked up with them. We haven't did it, really did anything yet because I always, my thing is I grow all natural. So I want to give everybody else, if I'm buying from you or if we're trading, I want to make sure that it's all natural. So I got to take the tour first. You got to show me, you know, how you kill pests and we can't have no chemicals mixed in that. And if all is well, then. I'll buy 
buy from you and I'll trade with you and we can definitely do some business. But right now, six gardeners and then one farm on a big scale. I love this idea. Even more so, I love the the fact that you, just a single person, decided, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a way to bring fresh food to a lot of people. And then you took it on yourself to find other gardeners and other farmers and bring it together and build something bigger than you. Yeah, man. So before we go any further, man, I just need to applaud that. I think that's amazing. For sure, for sure. And that, um, the, the, uh, like I said, man, the main goal is to get my generation, black men especially, and my generation to start building these gardens. And we could go back to that trade barter system where, you know, I got squash, you got corn here. I want some corn tonight for dinner. Take these five, six squash, give me three or four ears of corn. And But we just got to, we got to break that, you know, that cool fly barrier first. And then once that happened, man, we in there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree. I agree because I feel like it is already within us, within so many people, right? The ability to garden. So I just feel like, like you said, man, once you once you take off your cool, like Andre 3000 say, take off your cool and everybody starts gardening again. Yeah, yeah man. Okay, so the farm that you work with, how big is it? I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say 40 acres. 40 plus acres. 30 okay. or 40 acres, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the downside, is you know what I mean we uh Buckeye is one of the fastest growing cities so I actually think they taken a few acres from them um I'm actually going up there Monday to sign some petitions if all if all looks good and try to stop that from happening because I mean it, the housing market out here is crazy high and that's all you know that's all they looking at is, is bringing in the money to the city but they doing it I, and, and it sounds good on paper but what they doing is knocking down all the farms and all the empty lots where people are growing whatever and it's turning into a city where it's all pavement concrete no trees you know what i mean no farms and that's not a good look not at all not at all especially if you're trying to make it cool again i think it is easier to make like farming in the city cool versus farming on acreage way away from people in rural areas right yeah 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 that's a fact you guys sell any honey i'm just curious i don't know why that pops in my head but you guys have any beef? Nah, but my and my dude does right down the street. He got a whole. His family's actually been doing this since I was a kid, and that's where we get all our honey. And the, the thing about it is, my mom was used to buy this honey, or still does buy this honey. But we, I never even knew that it was a, a thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, you could just go to the store and buy honey, but that raw, unspent honey is where it's at. But yeah, no, nah, my dude sells it right up the street. So that's already we are. He already got that market already sold up. Nice. Hey, before we go any further man tell me the tell everybody the the website where they can where they can go and shop so it's uh azgrownathome.com my ig is uh homegrown buck and then my facebook is homegrown and delivery same as the company name all right i didn't i sometimes i forget so i wanted to make sure while we're still going we got that in yeah yeah so what are your plans, man? What, where do you see, where do you see your company in, let's say, I don't know, two years, five years? What are your goals? So my biggest goal is to 
to grow big enough or actually have enough produce coming in to where I open a small little store. You know what I mean? And I want to have, I want to be the competition of like, I mean, and this is crazy, but this is, this is my dream is be the competition of like a sprout or one of the, you know, the quote unquote organic where you can go get the organic produce. But I'm, I want to market mine and let everybody know that we better than organic. We're, we're natural, 100% natural. So that, that's my, that's my big plan two to five years and it's a it's a stretch goal but that's what i want to get to is actually getting a building and having a storefront and you want it in the area you live in now or would you be willing to move to another city no i want it in the area i live in now this is the area that most uh that has the most need and then you know if if if, if god sees it then we start branching out but i want to and like i said i got that um that kind of amazon vibe to it except i want the storefront and we deliver you know, straight to your doorstep. So how does the delivery process work, man? How far do you drive? You know, what are your limits? So, so far it's been 45 miles and I was not expecting that one. But uh, the way it works is, you know, you go on my site, you order, and then you can, because uh, Arizona has a weird rule with um, shipping produce, even in the state. So what you do is you go on and depends what your mile, how far out you live. It's going to be about a $10, $15 delivery fee, depending on how far you out you live. But the lady, uh, 45 miles, man, I wasn't expecting it. Luckily, <laughs> she ordered a hundred and some dollars worth of produce. But uh, it, it shocked me. I got that order. And so I'm looking at my phone. I see this order. And I'm like, in Chandler. Oh, man. That's a... <laughs> our drive so I, I, we, we went ahead and pushed it but she and actually she's one of the the most loyal uh, loyalist customers man but we finally um, made an agreement to where we figured out a halfway mark thing so I ain't got to drive all the way that far but yeah she buy from me almost on a weekly basis nice man I love to hear that uh, you know you have consistent returning customers supporting that I think things like this what you are doing need to be supported yeah man I'm just yeah that, that's the thing um, I'm trying to actually get the city, you know, trying to get my city to support me a little more. While they growing, I'm like, hey, let me mix myself in and we all grow together. We need this healthy side of it, man. We doing good. We got, you know, we got all the McDonald's. We got all the Mexican food joints. We got all that, but it's time to get something healthy. Yeah, man, you got to find a way to tap in with the city. They need to already see what you're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Just the idea, because I live in, you know, I'm in Houston and I don't know if what you are doing would work here i don't see why it wouldn't but i i don't know man i just think it's amazing what you're doing hey what's up world sorry to interrupt the show but i need you to do one thing if you like this show and you're enjoying what you're hearing so far please take a minute to give me a five-star rating and while you're there like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to your podcast yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying now. So why don't you think it'll work out out there? I think just, I, you know, because now in particular, we have farmers markets basically every day in every part of the city, right? I, I, let me not say I don't think it would work. I think you would have a lot of competition out here, but I think with the good story, the right person doing it for the right reasons, I still think you could get a nice size following doing it. Yeah. But I just 
just think it would be very competitive. That's all. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, man. I, I'm literally in a lane all by myself and, and I'm actually encouraging people like, uh, you know, people in Phoenix, Hey, let's link up. Let's figure this out. You deliver to Phoenix. I'll take everything West, but you know, ain't nobody. Once I have a feeling once I blow up and, and once they do become a statewide thing or multi-city wide thing, then a lot of more, a lot more people will jump on, you know, everybody loves the popular side of everything. That's yeah. how it is. Everybody wants to get down when you're successful, but they don't want to grind with you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm in a lane all by myself and it's, it's flourishing and you know, to God be the glory, but it, it would be dope to have uh, multiple, this across, you know, every city in Arizona or, or whatever we have to do. But until then, man, I'm going I'm to ride this lane all by myself until somebody jump in it with me. Okay. Hey, tell me about the weird law in Arizona, the produce law. You said something about shipping produce. Yeah, so Arizona has, oh, so first of all, we can't ship to any other state, right? So uh, I just now got it to where I'm able to, to ship my juices to any other state. But Arizona has this weird thing with termites, and I don't know if they're scared of it or, or what, but even packed with dry ice, they open it, open boxes, inspect them heavily. They'll empty out your box and go through the produce and do all that. And that just, that threw me all the way off. And then you can get up to like $150 fine if they find whatever goes against, you know, whatever they, USPS, whatever it is, whatever goes against that. But it was a, it's a struggle, man. And, and I'm still working through it because that's my, that's one of my goals here in the near future is to start actually shipping. So I don't have to, you know, be out there on the road every day all the time. But it's just a, it's a hard process, man. It's when I pack package it up and leave, man. If I got a three-day shipment, it take about eight days. And then um, I've shipped twice and, and both customers said the box is open to retake. And I'm like, nah, I don't even need that. You know, let me let me deliver it to you. So I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what they got going on. I've called the county two or three times. I've called the city. They just hard to, they just hard to reach. Yeah, that's big city folks, man. The big city officials, you can't get them on the phone when you need them. Yeah. It's a no-fly zone at all shipping out of state. Um, from Arizona anyway. What about shipping into the state? So let's say you met somebody, I don't know, hypothetically you meet somebody in California, they have some great produce that they want to ship to you so that you can sell it on your site. Does Arizona prohibit that also? No, no, you can ship to Arizona. I believe I would have to look it up, but I believe there's maybe like Mississippi or something like that, but pretty much uh, anybody else can ship to Arizona. Except seeds, man. I've had my seeds you know, whatever, whoever it is, uh, USPS, they busted open my seeds and sent me a letter saying not authorized for shipment to Arizona, which was a, that was a whole new game for me. Boy, you couldn't ship your seeds to Arizona? Yeah, yeah. So a lady out in uh, Alto, Alto, Texas, uh, sent me, I can't even remember, I want to say there were like some crimson tomatoes or something, something, nothing, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. And they stopped it where they stopped it at and sent me a letter and said this is not you know there's this is not permitted in the state of Arizona and but contact this number and I just kind of left it alone you know now that I think about it whenever you order anything online I think Arizona is one of those states that'll say like we cannot ship this to Hawaii and maybe Arizona and some other place yeah 
I I never thought about that until now. Okay. Yeah. So we got, I know shipping out of the state because of the type of bugs we have. Termites is like the, the biggest thing. Everybody talk about Arizona's termites, but coming into the state, that was what something new for me. But I've, I've got carrots from out of state. I tried bananas out here. That didn't work out. I had a banana shoot from out of state. What I, I've got a bunch of stuff from out of state, but for some reason coming from Alto, Texas and tomato seeds, they wasn't having it. But you're able to, <laughs> but you're able to order. Let's say from a, a, I don't know, name a seed company, any seed company, a Hoss Seeds, a Johnny Seeds. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they'll be here in three to five business days <laughs> without missing a beat. Look up, I'm gonna look that up. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is or what. I, I'm not even sure what stopped uh, that particular order. But I mean that particular shipment. But it sure. And the letter was like, you know, not permitted in the state of Arizona. On the call, whatever one eight hundred, whatever number. To, uh, I was a little let down too because I didn't, I didn't go get my regular seeds like I do every season. Yeah, I know. I, I've I've seen that letter before. That something about your package, something, and they call this number. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So switching back to gardening, what are some of your favorite things to grow? So right now, if you would ask me this a month ago, it would have been different. But right now, man, I'm into the peppers, man. I messed around and finally got two pepper plants to grow, and they produce so many peppers, it blew my mind. But top of the peppers, okra, and pretty much all types of squash, man. I'm I'm into the squash. And I think it's, it has to do with the maturity of the plant and actually watching the squash grow and seeing the amazement in my kids' eyes. I, that was the, I think that's the, that's the reward from it. Do you have to worry about the pest with the squash, the squash vine borer? Do you have to deal with those out there? Yeah, so I've only seen it once, and that was two years ago. Other than that, now it's not a it's not a huge thing. We get the crickets, man. Crickets demolish our plants out here. That's that's kind of our biggest thing. Crickets? Did you say? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the crickets, man. They like I'll go to sleep, be out there in the garden, whatever, whatever. Go to sleep and have some squash, some watermelon, whatever. Wake up in the morning, man. Go. That's another thing that amazes me the different pest issues people have across the country yeah right like out here i don't even really i don't try to grow squash or summer squash in the spring or summer i usually grow them in the fall out here because in the spring i have to deal with that squash vine borer and i'd rather just not you know i'd I'd rather just not i'd rather just grow them in the fall and not have to deal with them but to hear you don't have that issue and you have crickets and i've never had a problem with crickets out here man it's another thing that's crazy to me but i also love about gardening yeah man the crickets uh, and then the the aphids every you know i think that's all across the board all right so do you feel like you have grown or become a better gardener over time like this question is geared more towards people first getting started with gardening what are some tips you can give people gardening in your zone that you've learned over your past well over a decade of gardening so your slogan number one that's the biggest thing just grow it just do it oh that just grow it yeah yeah man that's that's a (laughs) that's a fact so i would say the biggest thing is knowing when to plant what to plant or what type of season and when to plant it because we get so hot you know 
people like, ah, oh, I want to grow lettuce because we always eat lettuce. Well, when it's 115, all you're going to get is a straight bolt of lettuce and it's going to be bitter with that milky, slime, nasty taste. And then that just throw people all the way off of gardening. So the biggest thing is when to grow whatever you want to grow. And then I would say the, the second thing is get your watering habits all the way. Like I don't, we don't miss when it's time to water, we don't miss a day because of the impact that the sun has on it, man. You, you leave, go to work for eight to 10 hours, you come home and your stuff's dried all the way out. And that's kind of what I tell, especially when I build a garden bed. Like I built a guy a garden bed about six months ago or so, and he literally threw everything down there, man. He had peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers. He had it all just bunched up in his garden bed. And, and they actually, you know, he had little seedlings and everything. So he was super happy about that. Tomatoes are tough plants, so they, they, they'll stick it out. But everything else kind of died. And he was like, that was, that was his one one shot and he kind of gave it up from there so I let him know man you gotta know where and on the back of the seeds uh, the ones you get from Lowe's I don't even know the, the name of the seeds but it actually tell you when to plant mm-hmm. do the research online before you just start throwing down some seeds and, and see what you can do with it yeah I think that's something that discourages a lot of people planting at the wrong time and then your plant doesn't do what you want it to do yeah yeah, yeah but they can't be so quick to give it up man nobody's perfect the first time you do anything or even now, man, I still got, I just had a cucumber plant die on me. I thought, you know, we done with our little cold spell. The, I think it's like 55 at night or something like that. And my cucumber plant wasn't having it. Whatever happened, I don't even know. So that's what I'm working on right now is either if I can bring him back to life or I, I start all my stuff in cups. So I got about, I don't know, 30 cups full of you name it out there ready to go that I'll be putting in the ground come Sunday or Monday. Yeah, man, I had a bunch of stuff going in cups and pots this year and that stupid little snow came through cut the power off and all my seedlings that I died that I had died man I had yeah man that was wild I was just watching videos and looking at all y'all Instagrams I'm like where is this at there's no way they're getting this much snow in Texas like that yeah man one of like I say one of those freaky storms that comes through I guess they say once a century so I won't have to deal with it again yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. All right, man. I think we already touched on this, but I'm going to ask it again. What is next for you? And what is next for homegrown delivery? Like, what's next? So the biggest thing is my nearest goal is just get my name out there. I'm going to be hitting up this summer. I'm going to be hitting up e- each and every farmer's market that, that I can from here all the way to, you know, central Phoenix. I'm hitting them up. And then also on the flip side, I'm going to start I'm hosting my own farmer's market to try to get these gardeners to come out here. And not only bigging up my name, but bigging up this natural produce thing, man. We uh, got to get out of out of this food desert that we in and we got to figure out a way to get it and it just can't be me by myself it's gonna have to take a you know a gang of people to step behind me and we get this thing going but uh this summer i got big plans man i'm, I'm gonna be out there at almost every market there is as well as uh hosting my own so when you host your own city where are you planning on hosting it i'm sorry when you host your own market where are you 
planning on hosting it? Out here in Buckeye. So I've been hitting up uh, all the local restaurants. I hit them up. Hey, you know, let me pay a little whatever, $50, $75 fee. Let me set up this farmer market right here. I actually just started a rec center. We're in the process of building a rec center. Let me put it that way. But I started a nonprofit back in November and we got um, a quarter of an acre lot. So that's where I've been having most of my farmer's markets. So like I said, it's just been me. People pass by, they'll pull up, you know, they'll see the prices and see the size. The other thing I want to mention is for everybody out there, the produce that you see in stores when you got this huge giant head of cabbage, that's not natural. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you got these foot and a half, two foot long carrots, that's not natural. When you let your, your stuff stay in the ground or on the vine that long, it's too tough to eat. So they pumping this stuff with steroids. And so people come out to my farmer's market and they be like, oh, this head of cabbage is kind of small or, oh, these carrots are, they look weird and they not perfectly straight. And I let them know, hey, this is what happens when you grow all natural, no chemicals, no steroids. This is how they look. You know, if you go out in the wild and you see the, these fruits and vegetables, they ain't pretty and they ain't all glossy and waxed up how they be in the stores. So that's uh, that's my biggest challenge right here, right now in Buckeye is getting everybody to, to notice that this eggplant that you got in the store versus my eggplants, you know, mines are a lot smaller, but they, they're a lot healthier. Right. I think we all, everybody involved needs to do a better job of informing people or helping people understand that whatever you put into the soil or whatever you use to fertilize the plant, it ends up in either the leaves or the fruit of the plant, right? So if you don't want to ingest poisons, then you need to make sure that you're eating food grown organically, naturally as possible. Yeah, that's a fact. So uh, I actually had this a friend of mine, she just got into the juicing super heavy and, and she said she was told by one of her friends or whatever to, to peel the outside of whatever she's juicing and, and that way the chemicals and stuff won't, she won't be digesting all the chemicals and to a point that is true, but I mean, the pesticides and fungicides and all that, they, they see all the way through the plants, man, it, all the way through the through the fruit, so there ain't no other way to, to get it out unless you're growing naturally. That is a fact. Big facts, man. All right, well, that's it. I want to say thank you for hopping on the show with me today. Can you once again let everybody know where they can find you and your home delivery service? So first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're you doing big things out there. And your Instagram is live, all the way live. Like I tell people, we're all in the same game, same team trying to do the same thing, man. I just want more people gardening and eating better. Yeah. So uh, the website is azgrownathome.com. Instagram is homegrownbuck, B-U-C. And then uh, my Facebook is Homegrown and Delivery, LLC. All right. So now everybody in Arizona, Phoenix, Scottsdale, wherever you are, man, tap in. And please, I want to be able to take a flight to Arizona, come out there and see your market set up. I think that would be dope. Yeah, for sure, man. Let me know. Let me know when you purchase some tickets. It will definitely do Before something. I let you go, okay. I need okay. you to do Once more all this than nonsense is over. First, I'm there. I need I'm gonna you put to like, up. I have comment, a list of places that I want to go. Gardening Second, related. I need you to Once tell a friend or two about the show. So now I'm adding that one to the list. And yeah, if you have anybody you think I need to talk to, send the name over, put it in the comments, or send me an email. 
Bell. <laughs> I grow at Big City Gardener. And <laughs> check me out, I can't man, even on talk Instagram about that, and on all social media platforms. That's a couple hours on that topic, man. We'll leave Gardner. that one alone. Yeah. We out. Yeah, oh, that. almost forgot. That. All right, man. Just, bro, I appreciate it. you getting on the show today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man.